The name is Cindywe Magona. So my name is Rahima Esop and I'm the Head of Communications and Advocacy for the Zero Dropout Campaign. My name is Yandiswa Pagaza and I am an educationalist. Four out of ten learners in South Africa drop out of school before completing matric because of push and pull factors at home, at school and in their community. Bountiful, it's very corrupt place, you know. A lot of gangsterism, children getting indoctrinated by the wrong people and throwing their lives away for nothing. It's a very dangerous area. We don't have like a proper infrastructure. People are forced to go into these lives because most of them they don't come out of a good household. Mother and father are druggies, alcoholics and they don't get love there so they resort to joining a gang where they do get some sort of love and they, can feel, they feel like they connect to these people who they were with, and then they are, uh, they go into a deeper, deeper hole. Well, in this year alone, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of children in my road drop out of school. It starts with one friend, and the other friend wants to do it, and the other friend, and it's a, it starts a chain reaction within it, yeah. So my name is Rahima Esop, and I'm the Head of Communications and Advocacy for the Zero Dropout Campaign. One of your colleagues, I believe, touched on various issues particularly language but then as we touched on language he highlighted a very important point about how COVID-19 sort of created a disconnect between schooling and home so in as much as schooling was happening at home there was a disconnect in terms of language and how parents actually interacted with the work of the learners at home and I thought maybe we should touch on the topic between mm. what is the relationship between school and home? Parents are not expected to be substitute teachers. This is very important. Instead, they play a supportive role that enables learning to take place. Research has shown that having one caring adult can make a significant difference in a child's ability to stay in school. It's about showing care and interest. And it's the simple, consistent things that matter. For instance, a parent or caregiver can ask their child about how they're dealing with changes to schooling, particularly rotational timetabling, which has been disruptive and which has led to less contact time with teachers. Parents can ask learners what subjects they're interested in or what subjects they are struggling with. And they can help their child to develop a routine and make sure that all household members are aware of their routine to avoid interruptions as learners spend more time at home because of the disruptions to schooling caused by the pandemic. It's important that parents recognize that their learners need to have a quiet place to study at home and to interact with the study material. Often in various households, it is overcrowded. There isn't a quiet place to study. Lots of siblings are around. It's a lot of noise, chaos in terms of a lot of things happening at the same time. At the same time, some learners also have childcare responsibilities or domestic responsibilities at home. So being cognizant of that and creating that safe space at home for learning to take place is really important. Build a bridge between the home and the school. Second to that, they also need to work closely or to partner with teachers. So to have that relationship with the school 
and open communication with the school so that these two important role players, the parent and the teacher, are working together to support the child's learning journey and not working in opposition or worse yet, not speaking to each other at all. Yeah, true. Uh, you do have an initiative that addresses mm. the bridge between home and school. You have established a network. Uh, I want to know more about the network. What does the mm. network do? What is the name of the network? Year two network of schools is a support network of schools for learners. It's made up of all stakeholders in the schooling system. Uh, everyone working together to unlock the potential of, of South Africa's children. Now, the network operates in such a manner that there are various nodes that are interconnected. The engine room of the network, as we like to call it, is the year to club. That year to club is made up of members of the school community. That includes learners, teachers, as well as parents or caregivers, so that they are all then in communication and working together to try and solve the problems that may be leading to dropout in their particular environments. Because each school is different. Some of the driving factors in school A, for instance, might be different to school B. And where there are similar driving factors, school A can communicate with school B and to share their learnings and share their experiences. So that best practice is then held up as ways to resolve problems that are causing dropout. So if you can, I ask the listeners to just close their eyes and imagine a network where they have various nodes and you have the year to club, the year to club connects to champion teacher that connects to another champion teacher in a different school that connects to another champion teacher in a different school and you have this massive net network of nodes that are communicating with each other and sharing best practice that's how we envision dropout prevention strategies going to scale and how we can build a bridge or bridges between not only schools and households, but also between schools and within schools. Because of this network, I am also interested in understanding sort of what the difference between a school governing body and a year to network. A year to network is not limited to school governing bodies that have been eliminated and appointed as representatives of the school. In mm. other words, it might have work, it might work closely with the SGB, but then it's not necessarily a school governing body. A year to network is not a school governing body. It's more of a cultural shift. I hope I'm understanding this right. You know what, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It is a culture, cultural shift. We want to improve school culture. SGBs and RCLs are formal structures that exist in many of our schools. Year two is a support network of learners or of schools for learners. And 
it's on a voluntary basis. So champion teachers volunteer their time. Uh, members of the year to club are there because they want to be there because they are active members of their community and they want to make a difference. Now they don't, the, the RCLs and SGBs are structures that are almost parallel to the year two structures. And there is opportunity for uh, integration and it's up to each school to decide how they're going to leverage existing structures for the benefit of that school and to ensure that there is widespread buy-in for the year two initiatives. Sometimes getting the buy-in of the SGB and getting the buy-in of the RCL is going to be absolutely crucial for, to the success of the year to club in a particular school. So those schools would have to utilize and leverage existing structures. That really makes sense. And then how does one become part of a year two network? Go to our website, www.zerodropout.co.za and navigate to the program section and you'll see the year two network of schools program there and you can register to join our network. We are currently piloting in about 30 or so schools and we are looking to expand. So as registrations roll in, we'll then get in contact with that particular school. The processes that will connect with the principal, the principal will then connect with um, champion teachers. Those champion teachers are then brought on board and go through an induction program so that they learn about what year two is all about, the values of year two, the manifesto, and how they can set up their year two clubs. All of this um, is done through a series of workshops. We also have an engagement platform that we've designed and champion teachers have access to that engagement platform so that they can talk to us, but more importantly, they can talk to each other because wow. we want those as I mentioned, those nodes to be connecting to each other so that they can share best practice. Education matters. Book inspired conversations. The name is Simbiwe Magona Umamdol. So when a child is born, they are so ready to become human, fully human. They are born human. But to become fully human, they need the people who are older than them, older children, grown-ups, to just give them stuff. Mm. They, they suck it in. Yeah. We limit them because we are limited. Education does not start at school. We mm -hmm. must all wake up to that. But also, having said that, I don't judge people. I, we look at education and the African in South Africa. You know, formal education, relatively speaking, is new. Whereas, you know, the Western world has had edu formal education for centuries. In the times of my grandparents, if they were permitted to go to school, that was already like a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. They were praised for allowing children to, they did not participate in the education. What were they going to participate in? Do what? Yeah. And so 
the people who are parents now are not that far in second or third generation of going to school. So, you, you know, while we laugh or, 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 or get uh, annoyed by, you know, you get things on Facebook of parents who, who is outraged that the teacher expect her, usually yes. the mother, yes. to do, who gets a check at the end of the month? Why must I do, you know, any participate in the learning of the, this poor person is actually, you know, that's her truth. That's mm. her worldview. She mm. has no idea. She must participate that parents ought to and should, that it is their obligation to help with homework. You know, one put, that was the last thing, the latest, you know, tell your teacher there are dishes in the, in the, in the school sack, in the bag. Mm. Since I had to do her work here, helping you with home, let her do my work, helping you wash dishes. What is happening? Why must I do any schoolwork? That is now one. And also those who completely do not understand. Do you know there are people in South Africa, your age or slightly older, who can neither read nor write? Yes. We have to remember. Yeah. But we were the only group, the Bantu, who were free to not to go to school. That's the one freedom we had. We were not forced mm -hmm. by Lord to go to school. But everything else was forced. Now think what that means. We're still living with the implications Since of that. Yeah. What saddens me is that we do not do anything as a society to fill that gap. Mm. We keep happening on parents who must participate. How? When they don't know how to, when they have mm. no idea they should and have no ability to, how are they going to participate if they have no idea how to participate? Our transition into democracy is faulty mm. to expect parents who are ignorant of the fact that the education of the child actually started. Have you heard of the importance of the first 1,000 days yes. of a child's life? Child, yes. How many parents who look like you know that? Next time you see a young lady who is expect, I've done this going to the shops and I see a, a lady at the tiller obviously expecting and I still, am I correct in thinking you're expecting a, a, a baby. Yes, ma'am. Are you reading to the baby? And the person looks at no. me like I am crazy. Yes. Other parents who come from other cultures are busy reading, reading singing, talking. Yeah. It starts, it starts in the womb anyways. It starts before the baby is even born. Well, my new book, when the village sleeps is about what one lady did, one young woman did. I read her interview. I used to drink before I got pregnant. This is a, somebody who gets a child at 16, started to try to get pregnant at 13. I used to drink before I got pregnant. When I got pregnant, I continued. Get out of here. Hold on. So when I was reading that book, ne, I mm. could not forgive 
I would say I could not forgive you, right, for telling that story like that, ne? Not that, just the introduction, ne? Mm. I could not forgive it because the reason why Ubusi got pregnant, I could not for the life of me say that is a justified reason. Like I was thinking, do could you, it not have been Do you innocent? think I derived any joy writing that story? When I read that in the Echo, our community magazine, this is years ago, once they got to be expecting a baby, they stopped the long pipe, they stopped smoking, they stopped drinking umkombu, amatabakas, because they said, yo, now water ingest is not only for me, it's also for this the other baby. human being. They respected the mm. sacredness of the womb mm. and what was there in the womb. You see, my reaction was anger at her, at her mother, at the teachers, at the neighbors, at the family. And then I reminded myself, not the same day, the story would not leave me. The, the sadness of maiming somebody, the baby in your womb, deliberately, because you want them to be deformed. You take the decision to maim another human being. South mm. Africa is the leading country in the entire world on FAS. You know what FAS is? What's FAS? Fetal alcohol syndrome. Anybody thinking we are in crisis? No. And so I thought to myself, let me remind the grown-ups in this country, village South Africa. Africans say it takes a village to raise, raise a, child. a child. Yeah. That uh, assumes the village is awake, alert to its responsibilities mm. of raising them, nurturing the next, the next generation. Village South Africa doesn't care about its children. Mm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having young people, 13, already Very expecting pregnant. children. Watch on New Year's Day or Christmas Day, the president going to give a list of how many babies were born. And the youngest mother was 14. No follow-up. When a young person alerts the country, the nation, they are in trouble. Any 16-year-old who announces this was a, 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 an interview with a social worker, public, the article ends, the social worker says, this is a growing trend in the townships. All the life. young people we neglect, we do not nurture, we let society, which is us, hurt and let them drop out of school and that yes. they come back when they are grown up yeah, and they become our problem. Yes. And that's true. But then mama, before we even get to village South Africa, what mm. is the role of a village at home? For example, I will model Ujongi, for example, with Ushumigazi. That's a remarkable man who stood up who showed up for something yeah. that he did not even understand, for something that he did not even experience and saying, you know what, I will trust my child 
with this responsibility. And then you have on the other side, Umusisiwe, in her village as well, there's access, there's school here, there's, there's funding to attend a good school, there's all of this, but the nurturing of the learning of Ubusisiwe was compromised in a very weird way because it's not, it's not straight up in your face. It's not loud, but it's subtle and it influences her decision-making because even how she got to a decision, it was because presently no one was seeing something in Ubusisiwe. So what is the role of Ujongi? What is the role of Ufilis, what is the Ujongi? Ujongi is, I, I address my own brothers. I, you know, I am so angry at how young men and old men will have 20 children, eight children, 13 children from a wide a range of women. You cannot be a part-time father. There is no such thing as part-time father. Parenting, yeah. But I've been so angry and I've been so vocal about this. I thought, but what about my father? So I wrote that as, as a way of paying homage to yes. those men, to my father. Yeah. And Ushumi really became a, a remarkable child who grew up in a loving home because also even even the role of Ujongi, and then there was a support system, there was a support structure. And what I like about Shumika's story is a lot of it is family. And we're not saying that her family was functional, like it, it had no issues. No, 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 we're not saying that. No family, there's no family yes. like that. Yes. If, but there, then, if there were, they would already be in heaven as angels. <laughs> Every family has issues. It is how the family deals with those issues that mm. will make a, a difference, a telling difference as to whether is the atmosphere is wholesome or not. They will all, human beings are meant to deal with problems. Yeah. There is no such thing as a problem-free society, society or yeah. home. Now, no. now. And then, Mama, you know, let's 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 take Ushumi to school. Ushumi had teachers. She had uh, there was a principal as well who was very involved. Uh, the teachers communicated clearly, and at that time, there was no telephone. Uh, communication could have just missed the mail, uh, but still, the communication between the teacher and the parent was always up to date. It was helpful in many ways. And I am not sure if, for example, in my experience as a parent, that the communication that I receive from school is about my child, right? In the sense that it's, it, it's not about how he's performing in class unless he's failing. So when it's he form, is performing- formulaic, it's formulaic. What has happened as we think we are advancing, the personal touch has become thin, if at all there. Yes. You see, with the communities in which I grew up, and perhaps to some extent at the beginning, my children too, there was face-to-face -face communication, not the impersonal you know, parents' day, parent-teacher meetings, 
where there's a whole row of people and you are allocated 10 minutes with each parent and you're processed. Next, next, now. There, there were no parent-teacher meetings, but if there was an issue, then the, either the teacher came to your home or wrote a note to your father, to your parents. There was more direct, yeah. uh, you know, relationship. Yes. relationship between the parents and the teachers. Mm. And there is a book I wrote. I don't know that it's there. I don't know, but it's called um, Maniano School or something like that. Okay. I will send you the, the, the title. It's about a school, post-apartheid, not far from where I live, in an area that's very poor, full of gangs, blah, 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 blah. But one enterprising teacher who was teaching there, the principal retired and he got the post. And by involving the community, by being hands-on, by being caring, he transformed the school. Yeah. From being a dysfunctional school to being a prize-winning school. Yeah. Mm -mm. Is heart and mind. Is really caring. Mm. And he involved the, pa the parents. Yeah. And he said, hey, guys, this is your school. Mm. These are your children. Children, yeah. This is the future of your children. Are you going to allow the scholars, the gangsters, to ruin your children's future? Or are you going to stand up for your children and their future? Mm. We have no jobs. He found a way. Use the premises. What are you good at? Oh, I was a bricklayer, but now make bricks here and sell them. I'll find you people who want to build. He involved them and gave them and encouraged them to be more active, to be activists in their own, to have agency. Mm. When people, when you give people hope, it's amazing what they can do. Yeah. There is nothing more dangerous as a human being, totally devoid of hope. Not only hope about tomorrow, but hope that they will ever have hope. Mm. When you not only have no hope today, but into the dismal future, you don't see mm. there will ever come a day when you will have any reason to be hopeful. Who are you then? Who are you? A living yeah. chef, very vulnerable to all sorts of weird things. Mm. Someone comes with a crooked idea that sparks a little bit of hope. You don't see the danger. You cling on to hope. Yes. Most of the young people in gang, who are in gangs were looking for meaning in their lives. If you listen to anyone who has redeemed themselves from being a gangster, they'll tell you one, all those stories have one similarity. I had lost my ID. I had no, I didn't know what I was living for. There was nothing in my life. It was in, you know, hopeless existence. Education is equal. 
But we all know that in reality, in practical terms, you see people like Shumika, not Shumika's, Boos. Yeah. She gets this tremendous, you know. At first, I also thought any child going to a Model C school has it made. But there are so, there is so much. You go there, you feel an outsider. You are treated as an outsider. And it's very hard to come into this house because you don't have the tools. You don't know the culture. You know, there are so many things. Or even there's no integration of who you are in that environment. Now you remain a perpetual outsider. Always the one who doesn't understand, always the one who is slower at grasping things because you were not sung to, you didn't listen to nursery rhymes. No, what can I tell you? And your haunting poverty perpetually on display. So if you have the means to compensate that, you probably overcompensate for it. People say, why do black people always drive these fleshy cars? They're trying to tell the world, I'm no longer poor. People who never were poor, who were never poor, have nothing to prove. They can drive broken, you know, I mean, not broken cars. They don't drive Skoroko, but they can drive drive, a model that's 10 years old and they're quite proud that they've been able to nurse this car for Mm. so long. When are you don't want that? Because it might mean you are not making it. There again, we've missed an opportunity of coming together and saying, how do we live poverty meaningfully in ways that do not endanger our future? We get into such huge debt that in fact, we end up poorer than we should have been. Sure. And how was your experience as a teacher during that time? Of all the jobs I have done, there isn't a job for which I I seem to have been fitted. I enjoyed it, I loved it, and I did very well as teaching. Hmm. All the jobs, including my 20 years or whatever at the UN, nothing beats teaching. The privilege, the honor of being given an opportunity to co-create in a way with the almighty. For one long year, you are given a chance to help in the becoming of another human being. For a whole year, when you get this person in January, you have 12 months to help in the molding, the nurturing, the growth, the becoming of another human being. They leave you totally different to the people you had met beginning of the academic year. What a privilege. What an honor. Honor. You look at these faces and you think, dear God, how, how lucky I am that I will have an impact 
hopefully a, a, a healthy impact and excitement in these little people becoming what they were meant to be. You have a whole year. It's a drop in the ocean, but the ocean is made up of drops. Uh, teachers, if teachers knew their role in the life of a human being, a whole year to help, to be part, to help in the creation. The person is created, mama gives birth, and then the grown-ups and other children, we help that person. Mm -hmm. Even in the choices they will make later on, we are there. It's an honor and a privilege, honestly. Mm. So there's continuous learning and teaching that happens in the books that you write. What is your relationship with writing? My relationship with writing, I think I mentioned this in my first book uh, of autobiography to my children's children. Yes. I write because our tradition has forever been disrupted. There is no way now I'm going to be the village grandmother gathering a whole crowd of children around me of an evening around the fire outside their heart and telling those folk tales were our way of imparting what we learned from the previous cohorts of parents, what they gave us, which we must now give to the next generation. Of course, that entails change. If there is one constant in life, as you know, is that change happens. So yes, you learn and you filter through your own experience and what you give over to the next generation is not really an exact replica of what, because it has come through you. And the next generation will look at that, take what is meaningful and expand it and drop whatever has become toxic, which is why we need stories or essays on tradition. Traditions should speak up. It has been so abused and misused. Tradition needs to have a voice. And, hey, guys, do not use me like desically or even sinfully, cruelly. Not in my name, tradition should begin to say. People are using tradition for all, but it is tradition. Come on now. Come on now. Not in my name, tradition should begin to say. And you describe that so eloquently in your books, like you do it so, so well, where you remind us, like now when we were talking, when you're reminding us, Amakaba, people who didn't even go to school, nurturing a child, knowing what to do and how to care for a baby because they know that my body is transitioning for the development of this person. And I remember even Shumikazi's mother, when Shumikazi's mother was pregnant, who came to take care of her? Who delivered the goods? who did all of those things and who came to require her labor in a moment of her need and say, you know what, we're here to see that you are pregnant basically, but there's no help, there's no assistance. So you do that so, so, so well, I love it, I love it. 
<laughs> Thank you. The thing is, it, you know, I write also as a reminder that not everything that our ancestors did was stupid. So we shouldn't throw away everything. Our role, our obligation is to look at it, sift through and ask ourselves, why did they do this? Because there must have been a reason. That reason, life being what it is, is still there. Maybe you need to change, adapt, twist it a bit to fit into modern living. But the reason is still there. No child is left behind. Every child is nurtured and courage. Even if we have, there must be ways, even if it's camps or whatever, that every child until it, you know, attends, there has to be a way. There's the computer now. Computer, there are systems every child can be helped. Yeah. That they, they are kept busy, their minds working and growing in healthy ways so that they don't, they don't get the opportunity to become people who are growing in unhealthy ways. During my conversation with Yandi Swatlagaza, he spoke about parent involvement in schools. I thought this conversation is particularly important for this episode regarding parents, community, and schools. Here is Yandi Swatlagaza's take on parent involvement in schools. We really don't question like what is cursive and because we question we understand the importance of things or we understand that okay actually maybe this thing is not necessary but then for as long as we keep quiet mm. we are still water and we can really exactly. be contaminated easily and i think that's what has been happening actually you know what you mentioned something abazali I, I, in my capacity as a head of school in my previous job. Mm. And um, so I have a thing with parents because you see how, how just some of them, like you're saying, Yolisa, they don't question, like they don't question, why is my child actually doing this? If I was in grade one 50 years ago and I did this, why is it that my child is still learning this? If you look at the content here history for ECAPS in South Africa, parents should be asking why are our children actually learning about this? Mm. Why our children, right? Parents should, parents, I don't think parents realize the power that they have to change the system, mm. but the parents are not asking the right questions. Right? Parents are don't even they are not even asking, is this teacher qualified? Nah. They're yes. not asking that. Yes. Right? They're not asking why is it Iskolo has to start more seven and not more eight because Abantwana should have a full night's sleep. Abanya are coming from very far. Why does school start at seven? Why should mm. it not start at nine? Mm. There are questions we simply it's been done like that 100 years, and so we're going to continue with it. If we are pushing for quality of life, there are things in our education system that certainly should be changing. There was a point about 
life orientation should include driving lessons, uh, mm. driving driver's license. And I'm like, actually, if parents interacted with the curriculum, they would find one of those things are listed as projects for life orientation. But then because yes. we do not know, and yes. I replied with a screenshot of the CAPS document, and you notice, <laughs> Mana, people will try and ignore that point, Mana, actually, there is a document that stipulates that schools should so, sort of facilitate the doing they of They should those facilitate. Yes. yes. They should be. And, and that's one of my big questions, particularly on that point. But So why is government not doing this? Why is government not partnering with e driving schools mm. and making sure that they come to school? Like, why is this not happening? Yeah. We are so okay, so okay with the mediocre government. And we Ish. don't we don't keep them accountable. You challenge me though, yo. Because <laughs> I'm thinking now that parent, like I need to do more, like yeah, which is yes. good. It's good. It, it's really good because Nyani, why do we do the things it's, that we do? It's you know what, Julius, Abazali don't realize their power. But mm. also I think Abazali are too, are so busy with their own lives that they're not realizing where the country is burning and your child's future is at risk. You know, we're so busy trying to create careers and whatever, whatever. That when you look at, when you listen, Umdane City, you know, my teacher said, you know what kind of racist uh, words are problematic. And if the teacher is saying one, you need to react a particular way as a black parent to how your child is suddenly being boxed or being racialized or being, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's so much that happens. We are, we are happy that our children are in multiracial schools but we are not doing the work necessary to change those environments so that our children feel like they belong because they continue to be othered yeah. in those environments. But we have the power then to go in and actually be able to say, I hear this is what you said to my son. And I find that language problematic because, you know, we have to mm -hmm. do that work. It's for us to do. And if we don't do it, the system continues to be unchanged. Oh my gosh, you're touching on a topic, which is another topic for the podcast because you brought it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was Umalaika Awaazania Mashati. Oh, yes. Yes, on her latest book, Corridors of Death, uh, mm. she mentioned this. And one thing I realized for children who are in former Model C schools, there's still issues. Basically, right. they're saying, you guys go to your black schools. Um, and also what I did see and notice also on Malaika's book was parents are, are more focused on just go get this good education. It's not about the experience that you have as a child in that school. It's more about and be grateful exactly. that you are in that place already. And that's my problem because it, that, that's our parent in 1994. Ne? Our parents put us in these schools because just be grateful you are there mixing with 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 white people. They didn't care for the experience. And it's fair because that's they won a battle. They got us into the schools. Mm. Yet we battle this generation is to create better experiences for our children in those schools, right? Mm. So we can't be happy with just get your child in. Those were our parents. They yeah. were worried about just get your child in. That was their battle. AA2 battle is to say we are changing 
the behavior in the school. We're creating beautiful experiences for our children. And that's about calling out the behavior of white people in this in these schools. That's our that's that's what we need to change. I don't think we're aware. Yeah. Because no. we're so complacent. Thank you for being part of our podcast. Please share, comment, or review our offering. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much.